Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Can anyone argue with me here that right now this crazy statement lies true? And here's the statement. His technique is better than the former heavyweight champ, Wilder. His technique, his te- and he can punch. His technique is better than Wilder's. This is Deep Waters on Pro Box TV. I'm George Jakovic, joined by the Hall of Famer, analyst and trainer, Teddy Atlas, from Staten Island, Brooklyn's Pauli Malinaji, and Long Island's Chris Algieri, the champions. This is Deep Waters. We are talking, we are still talking about Tyson Fury, and Francis Ngannou, Tyson Fury won a, some say, disputed split decision over Francis Ngannou, who's making his pro debut. Teddy, I, I want to get right to you. Uh, I didn't plan on starting the show like this, but we did a show on this topic yesterday, and a lot of fans were, were commenting. One of the, the most, uh, one, one of the most recurring comments was that this was not good for boxing. This was not a good look for boxing. The heavyweight champion got beat by a a novice boxer. So I wanted, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but I want to start with you. Was, was this event that turned into a fight, Teddy, was it good for boxing? What's that old saying? Old press is good press, right? I mean, if, if that holds true through the annals of history, then it's not bad for boxing because more eyeballs were brought to it. Uh, the credibility of it, I get it. What people are touching on, you know, uh, that an MMA guy, if he doesn't win, he he can be competitive with the heavyweight champ of the world. It's it's ludicrous. It shouldn't happen. It's crazy. Um, all that stuff. But again, uh, the Rocky movies brought a lot of attention to boxing for the crossover people. Boxing hasn't been getting a lot of love lately, a lot of attention lately. Uh, Showbox left, Showtime left, and you know we've been going down this trail concerned about you know the future box i know it's always we always say it's strong never it's been around longer than any other sport um there's pictures of it on the dwellings of caves two thousand years ago uh where cavemen lived you know i might have been in there for a minute too because i'm i'm a bit of an unsophisticated guy when it comes to technology but maybe in a prior life but the eyeballs the the attention the spotlight that was on boxing. At, at the end of the day, I think people will forget about, you know, whether the MMA guy really beat the boxing guy. All they know is that it was interesting. All they know is that, you know, they were watching it. And um, and then it's up to boxing to put good fights on from that point on, I think. But I think the attention, again, 
any publicity is good publicity, whatever. Uh, not that I always adhere to that, to be honest. Nobody wants to see themselves spoken about in a bad way. Uh, I definitely don't. Uh, and I'm sure boxing doesn't if it had a conscience, you know, and it had its own um, live personality. But the attention on it, I, I don't think it was a negative thing. I, I really, at the end of the day, especially now that they're talking about the possibility that, which, which is absurd in some ways, but it's here, it's real. So it's not absurd that now Nganu could fight Wilder, that now he could fight Joshua, that, that you have the promoters like Hearn stepping into the mix. And, if, you know, of course they're gonna, you know, it's, it's, it's time to make the donuts, baby. You know, it's time to make money. And he, he steps in, we'll fight him with Joshua. You know, maybe there's a rematch with Fury. Hey, what are we talking about here? We're not talking about MMA. We're talking, yeah, I get it about the negative that we connotations we just touched on, but we're not talking about MMA. We're talking about boxing, watching future boxing fights. Guess what? That's okay. Chris, yes, yesterday you, you said um, that this was good because now we have a new player as a heavy, heavyweight. We've got a new contender. That's what I mean. Um, but, but you didn't really expand any more on that. Do you think that this is good for boxing? That, that, that event was good for boxing? Because it's crazy. If you go into the comments, so many people are just, you know, I don't know if they're MMA fans, but they're saying this was a bad look for the sport. They're probably boxing fans, honestly, the guys who think that this is really bad for boxing. Um, but I think Teddy, you know, put it really, you know, he expanded on what I said yesterday about this actually being a good thing. And now we have an another player in the heavyweight division. You mentioned guys like, you know, Anthony Joshua, uh, uh, Deontay Wilder, uh, our guy Gilles Zhang, like all those guys I can actually see in the ring with Nganu. And it, it, that might seem crazy to say, but it's not. He performed really well and he looked like a boxer. And just like Teddy said, like we're talking about boxing now. We're not talking about pulling Tyson Fury into the cage. No one's mentioned that. This is boxing now. And, and Ganu's a boxer. And I think ultimately it is a good thing. We, we there was a lot of a lot of hype around this event. Um, a lot of eyes. We had a lot of great champions show up. We had a lot of people tune in. Um, I don't know what the pay-per-view numbers are yet, if they are actually out, but it was a good fight. It was entertaining. Was it the best heavyweight fight in the world? No, not even close. But was it entertaining? Absolutely. You had two big, strong guys. It was a lot of drama. Um, it was fun. It was fun to watch while, while, while it was going on. It was fun to be on the edge of your seat, like, holy cow, this guy might do it. Um, so I think ultimately you it brought a lot of attention to the sport. And then it actually it showed up and was actually entertaining. It wasn't a dud. It wasn't like both guys went out there and just like danced around each other or, got, or someone got blown out in no time. Um, I, so I think, I think the, 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 the spectacle of it, the fact that it wasn't what everyone expected and that now that we have a new heavyweight that we can throw into the mix, who's going to be in the top 10 and be, and can fight any of these huge name guys. It's, 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 I think it's pretty cool. And I think it's a good thing for boxing ultimately. And I think when we look back on this, especially if Nganu stays in the, in, in the boxing, which I would assume he is, I don't think anyone's going to care. They're going to be excited about Francis Sagano stepping back in the ring with with some gloves on. Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna I agree and disagree, champ. I'm gonna agree with. Uh, uh, I thought there was a lot of drama in the fight for sure. I think the the fight produced its level of dramatics, but I don't think it was a good fight. I, I just think that the 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 illusion that it was a good fight because is because of the drama and the drama, of course, is drama can give you a reason to think something is a good fight. But if you look at the actual fight, I mean. There was plenty of rounds where nothing really happened. You know, uh, it was kind of sloppy. Uh, Ngannou was very streaky in that, you know, 
Uh, the rounds he did well, he did well, but then there were rounds where he was just hanging around doing nothing, namely the last two rounds where he threw almost no punches. Um, uh, you know, so I didn't think it was like that good of a fight, but I thought because of the dramatics, it got it gets people talking. We're talking about it for the second day in a row. The internet is on fire with it. So I, I get how the drama can can create that that illusion. Um, as far as the the honeymoon we're having here with Nganu right now, um, you know, with, uh, you know, it's been all praise for him and it's been all praise for me too. You know, I, I think, you know, he deserves all the praise and I, and more importantly, I think he deserves to be able to get this other payday. I said yesterday that if he was actually a little younger, I wouldn't mind seeing him campaign and start taking on guys like in the top 15 or 20 before moving on to big fights again, because I think he can build up his record into a heavyweight contender, but because he's 37, I think you got to throw him right back in right away, even with an all in one record. Um, I, I also, with the name Anthony Joshua popping up, it, it creates some a light bulb in my head as well, because I said, if Fury starts to play these manipulation um, negotiation games that he likes to play, he's in no position to play those anymore with Usyk. So if he starts playing those games again, Usyk should just go right in and fight Ngannou. But ideally, if you bring up Anthony Joshua, who's kind of below his prime, who's on the other side of his prime, and has been a little bit hesitant on his side as well in terms of the way he's been fighting lately, I think him and Ngannou creates some some sort of uh, a, a little bit of a, a, of a of a drama going into the fight. Because, you know, if you have a tentative Anthony Joshua against such a puncher like Ngannou, could that create a situation where Ngannou could be dangerous to Joshua? Uh, and, of course, if he's dangerous to Joshua, this is one of boxing's biggest stars even now, even though he's on the other side of his prime. Could that create something uh, of, of a dynamic where you have a big promotion? At, of course, this all hinges on the, at the same time if Fury does fight Usyk. Because if Fury doesn't fight Usyk, I think Usyk should just do away with Fury and just go right in there with Ngannou himself. But ideally, I'd like to see Fury and Usyk and and Ngannou take on Joshua. I think I think those are actually two good fights as far as where the, these guys are at in their in their time. I think personally, if a heavyweight trains for Ngannou, it's not going to be close. Personally, I, I I think that. But and then the honeymoon will be over. But I, but Ngannou has set the expectation, and because of the expectation, he's going to get a very deserving payday. Can you imagine this guy never got more than six hundred thousand before from that other pig who was in the UFC. Now he's got about eight million dollars in this fight, and and you get him a Joshua fight, he can probably get fifteen twenty million dollars at least. You know what I mean? Very deserved. Very deserved for all the hard work he's put in. So, so I think that, you know, uh, uh, ultimately, I, I think that would be the most ideal because Joshua is probably the biggest money guy out of all the possible fights that are being mentioned for Ngannou. And I think he may be the easiest. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to beat him. I mean, he, he could be a threat. He might, who knows? But I also think that if a heavyweight, like I said, if a heavyweight trains for Ngannou, I think he probably beats him pretty easily. But this is a very tentative Anthony Joshua. So again, even as I'm going through the motions myself in my mind, I'm thinking going back and forth. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Don't forget to download the app, subscribe to ProBox TV. You get talk like this every single day from Hall of Famers, from champions. We got the Wednesday night fight series. We've got every everything here that a boxing fan needs. Well, Paul, you you brought up uh, Ngannou and his future. Teddy, um, you know, Francis Ngannou had a, a, a performance that not a lot of people thought he would have, but he did. But can you see him, and I'm going to throw this to all of you, start with Teddy. Can you see Francis Ngannou competing with Jared Anderson? Forget the champions, forget Usyk, but Jared Anderson, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, e even a Joseph Parker, guys like that. Can he compete with legitimate heavyweights? He might be the best opponent Jared Anderson faced so far. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not trying to demean anyone. I'm, you know, I always speak my mind, and we all do, and put the truth out there. But 
have you seen some of the opponents that Jared Anderson has fought? Uh, you know, and he's he probably shouldn't. Maybe he shouldn't still be at that stage, but I'm not. I'm not in any way knocking him for taking those kind of fights because everyone does. Everyone does in the heavyweights in every division. When you're building your way up, you you take the fights where you're. You know, you're the A side with the promoter. Um, it's usually an overmatch. Uh, it's cannon fodder uh, to get to. 5 and 0, 6 and 0, 7 and 0, 10 and 0, 9 and 11 and 0, 12 and 0. And but then it's supposed to get a little bit steeper. You know, so you're learning something. So you're developing. So you're getting ready for that moment when that moment does come. And it does come that you could de- that you know you could depend on yourself when you're in there with the higher echelon of talent. And some guys don't get that moment. They don't they don't Get in there with the right guy. Jerry Cooney was an example where he didn't really have those fights to be ready for Larry Holmes. It's important you get it at, but there's a risk. Then you risk getting a payday. So the manager, the promoter, well, maybe we just go right to it. And you go right, and if you had 300 amateur fights, you you wind up getting away with it sometimes because you're good enough anyway. And maybe the spot is the right spot. It wasn't the top guy. There's so many titles out there. There's so many places that you can pick. But Right now, you mentioned Jared Anderson. That's the only, I'm not picking on him, but that's the only reason why I'm highlighting him is that he still hasn't really gone past that point of fighting, you know, the better guys yet. Um, he really hasn't. So when does he do that? When he fights for the title? Maybe when he fights in Ganyu. <laughs> because, again, it's crazy, but there was a lot of crazy things that they before Saturday. You know, now crazy has become has come become real. You know, crazy ain't crazy no more. Before Saturday, crazy was crazy. But this stuff ain't crazy no more. And Ganyu had that kind of performance. So he might be the best opponent for Jared Anderson right now. And I'll throw out another crazy thing. And again, it's not crazy anymore because Ganyu stepped over the threshold. He he took us to a place we didn't think we would be taken to. But in Ganyu's, can anyone argue with me right now? And to the point of Paulie, I get the realsville, the realville, where we gotta see him after this and see him, you know, with a with a heavyweight that had time mentally to know what he was getting ready for. Fury really, yeah, I'm taking nothing away from Magana. Great performance. But Fury didn't have time mentally to really know what he was really facing. Face a heavyweight that has time to know, now I'm fighting so legit. see what happens then. But can anyone argue with me here that right now this crazy statement lies true? And here's the statement. His technique is better than the former heavyweight champ, Wilder. His technique. His te- and he can punch. His technique is better than Wilder's. So I guess I answered your question there. Uh, yeah, he right now, you know, anything, anything is up for grabs. <laughs> everything, everything is possible. Chris, I'm glad that Teddy brought up Deontay Wilder because that's one name I left out. Um, the same question to you. Can, can Nganu compete and or beat the guys that we've mentioned on the show so far? Well, Wilder's not a name that I left out. That was the first guy I thought of when I thought about this fight coming to a close. I I, I knew that Tyson Fury won the fight even before the, the fight was announced, but uh, the, the uh, decision was announced. But I'm like, 
this guy can fight. I wouldn't mind seeing him with a Deontay Wilder. I think that's a that's a big that's a big man shootout that I wouldn't mind seeing. Um, but in terms of what he can do with the other guys, just like just like the, the champ Paulie and, and and Teddy said, with a guy who's going to be a little more mentally prepared with what we saw from Ngannou, no one knew we could box like that. I didn't know that. You know, and we're saying like, well, you know, can he can he deal with any of these guys? I didn't think he could deal with even Tyson Fury at ten percent, whatever Tyson was at. Listen, Tyson might have been at 100%, and maybe the awkwardness and the power of Ngannou threw him off. Who knows? Probably not. But I, I don't know what Tyson Fury went into that fight thinking. I don't know how his training camp was. I have no idea. Did he look off? Absolutely. Did he not look sharp? Absolutely. He also hasn't been in the ring in a year. Um, so who knows what he was doing in training camp? I can't speak to that. None of us can. But with a guy who now looks at a, a Francis Ngannou goes, yeah, this is not an MMA guy. I'm fighting a real heavyweight, a guy who can who can who can punch, a guy who's dangerous, a guy who's durable. He was walking through Tyson Fury's shots uh, very impressively. That's that's another thing you got to think about now. Everyone's going to be all right. How how are we going to get this guy's respect? Tyson Fury can punch. He's a big guy. He's a big man. He's got a lot of good knockouts in his record, especially lately. And Ngannou showed a really good beard, which you know generally a lot of guys who are coming from other sports don't really have that. And you you made a great point, Teddy, about his about his uh, his technique. We're actually looking at photos now on the screen. The flashy, he's got his jab. He's got his right hand up. He's got a good hand position. Um, he looks like a boxer. That was the first thing I said when I'm, when I'm watching this fight. I'm looking. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this guy's moving actually like like a boxer. He's not moving like a kickboxer. He's not moving like an MMA guy. Um, I was very impressed with his technique, and that and that goes to what I keep harping on is the is the preparations that he had, the team that he had behind him, the way that they prepared him for this fight. Um, but the cat's a little bit out of the bag now. And guys know that Francis Ngannou is dangerous. And there's going to be a way to prepare for him. Now there's tape. We had never seen Francis with boxing shoes on. I, we were talking about it weeks leading up to the fight. I'm like, I don't know. I've seen him kickbox. But kickboxing is different than boxing. When you put shoes on, it changes things. When you put a, when you put a hip protector and cup on, it changes things. As a guy who went from kickboxing to boxing, very, very different. If he was strictly MMA to boxing, it's very different than a guy who went from kickboxing, real striking stand-up to, to boxing like I did. Very, very different when you got a guy shooting for your foot, your legs, trying to take you down, as opposed to seeing kicks come at you. The footwork is is a lot closer to boxing than it is for MMA. So we had never seen that. Now we have. Now guys can make game plans against Ngannou. So it'll be interesting to see how he fares with with other guys in the division, and if he can actually you know find that lightning in a bottle once again. But I mean, we're not really going to know. And I think from a technical standpoint, at at the level that he's going to have to re-enter, it's going to be really tough for him. You know, for me, first off, he's the first guy that I've seen transition with that can actually bring his feet. They said like Anderson Silva used to box this and that, but his feet sucked. I mean, he was crossing his feet and doing that kickboxing footwork. So this is actually the first guy who actually put it together. So you got to credit. Uh, who's the other trainer, uh, Chris, that you mentioned yesterday? It's Dewey Cooper and the other one, too. Eric uh, Nixick. Yeah, Nixick and, and Cooper. You got to credit them because there was a, a, a specific adjustment made to the feet and 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 Ghana wasn't walking like a kickboxer or like an MMA guy. MMA, MMA footwork standing up is basically kickboxing footwork, you know? So, um, uh, I, I, I disagree. Not, on not that. always. Yeah. Well, no, they, no, they're, always it, they're, they're not shuffling their feet. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're trying to look out for kicks, right? So, so, they're, this is the first guy in MMA that I've seen shuffle across, you know what I mean? that And he was able to close that gap pretty quickly because of that shuffle, because he's not crossing his feet. And, and I think that sort of surprised Fury. Uh, you guys said um, the cat's out of the bag in terms of guys know what to expect mentally. I think mentally, Fury, 
may have been in camp, but I don't think he ever expected to have to make any adjustments in this fight. I think he expected to just deal with him. And then when he saw Ngannou off the jump, starting to close the gap really quickly because of his feet, I mean, this that comes down to his feet. I mean, and, and then he's got the power behind it. And also things like I mentioned yesterday, subtle things. He, he knocked them down with a catch and shoot. A catch and shoot is, spe is specifically boxing. Because if you try catching and shooting in MMA, most likely guys will grab you, right? So, so you're holding your ground to catch and shoot. And MMA, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying you can't do it. You could, but I think there's a risk of being grabbed in MMA at that close of a range. While in boxing, you know, catch and shoot is something you, that is, is a big part of the offense because guys aren't looking to grab. He's looking to shoot, shoot at you right from there so you can catch and shoot right back. I mean, the fact that he had the calm and presence of mind to catch and shoot because mentally, that's a psychological calmness to be able to catch and shoot. You got to stay calm in the eye of the storm. And he was, I mean, he used that technique really, really well in that knockdown. So I, I well, was I'm just going to cut in real quick, Paul. Excuse me. So a catch and shoot with kickboxing, catch and shoot when you're blocking a kick, that's mm -hmm. like probably the most ca common counter any kick is. I used catch to see that with Fedor Emelianenko. Yes, way, you catch a kick catch, and you come right back. Yeah, back, back. MMA, you. not so much, and especially with punches. Catching and shooting with a punch is so much more difficult. And the reason for that is there's there's a lot more space, a lot more holes, right? You got to really be able to visually see that smaller glove. It's not a kick. Kicks are big. You're looking at a big, a big shin coming at you. It's much easier to get that up, boom, and then come back and counter with a punch. You really have to make sure you know the trajectory of where that shot's going to land before you respond. So to your point, 100%, that is much harder to do, and that shows that his boxing IQ is a lot, a lot higher than we thought. And, and to add to your point, you've got to have the presence of mind to hold your ground. Because catch and shoot, you can't pull or move around when you're catching and shooting, or you lose, or you lose the ability to shoot back with a hard punch. So you've also got to have the calmness. What I mean about the calmness, the presence of mind and the calmness to hold your ground while, with that deep. Trust your defense, hold your ground, and shoot back. You know. And that, uh, Teddy, you want to jump in? Oh no. No, no. I'm sorry. I, I, all I was going to say to you, you guys, obviously on a button. Um, where I think we missed the boat a little bit going in here, give you know, giving him no chance at all for the most part, most people, where he didn't have the boxing acumen, you know, he didn't have the boxing training, we didn't know if he had the boxing technique, all that stuff. But we knew that he was an athlete, we knew that he was a puncher. But the key was could he mentally keep himself together in that pressure cooker in the ring? Could he mentally behave like a fighter, like we talk yes. about all the time? And I always felt that he could simply, even though he hadn't been a boxer, because he'd been in that cauldron. He'd been in that furnace before, you know, when the, when the fire comes, where the temptation comes to give in, to submit a little bit, where an ordinary guy, whether it's a great, and a, and a great athlete, like a football player, football players never did it right away. A, a, some of the great athletes, basketball player, whatever, they come in there and that's the part that kills them. It's not the athletic part. It's the mental part. They're not used to that one-on-one -on -one pressure, that, 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 that fear, the, the fire that comes to you, the devil that knocks at the door and says, okay, you did enough. Uh, you, you can get out of here now. You can give in a little bit. He had practice in that place. He had, he, he had the asbestos suit for that, for that flame. And I think that's what gave him a chance to really perform that way. To, and, and, to... And, and Teddy, he had, like you said, you made a great point, the attitude of a fighter. Again, I got to go back to my old friend McGregor, who, who also went into a fight against a, a partially trained Floyd Mayweather and didn't have the balls to go win the fight.
didn't have the balls to take him. He threw punches like a sissy the whole time. And Ganu came in and threw hard punches. He went for the win, knowing that going to a Fury, he, he didn't know what he's facing. Going to Fury, he may face something difficult. But you know what? He went to Fury and he realized he could deal with what he was facing. Now, again, do I think Fury was not trained properly? Absolutely. He's throwing too wide. He couldn't shorten up his shots. I mean, he couldn't. His feints were off. I mean, if you look at the way he was fainting, even his feints were not sharp. So Ngannou wasn't even biting You're him. right. They were from too far away. You're yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, so Fury's, Fury's usually very good with his feints. So even those subtle, subtle things that were not sharp tells me he was, either wasn't in the gym or mentally he was he was in the gym, but he was mentally he was in another place for this training camp. So, you know, I, again, the cat's out of the bag. I think Ngannou's technique is better than Wilder. Wilder's technique is very good with two punches, his jab and his right hand. And that's all he's ever needed. Jam and right hand for Wilder are two straight shots, and they if put the lights out. If you can knock out a dinosaur with your right hand, yeah, you're right. That's all yeah. you need. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. He's, but, but when he throws him straight, because when you get close to yeah. Wilder, he's throwing like this, like a windmill. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But when he's on the outside, and he's got that one-two going, that's all he ever needs. So Bazookas just, don't have the, the red laser thing on them, do yeah, they? No, he, they don't. They don't. You just <laughs> need that. But, but I'll tell you, I still, my, my preferential fight is, my preferential matchups here are Fury Usyk, for the undisputed title and Joshua and Ganu. That's my preferential because I think Joshua's just hesitant enough to where it leaves a question mark. Because uh, this guy's ballsy. Again, Ganu's ballsy. He goes for it. You know what I mean? So it leaves that question mark to where I'd want to see it. And then, I, of course, that's hinging on if I get uh, or Fury versus Usyk. Because if I don't get Fury versus Usyk and, Usyk and Fury starts to play these stupid negotiation games again, then I don't care. I want to see Usyk give, give Ganu the shot. And I want to see that fight instead. You know what I mean? So it's hinging on those two things. Those My preferential fights are Fury, Usyk, and, and, and Joshua and Ghana. That's it. All I'm right. done. Every, hey, Kyle, Chris, let, I'm going to get to you. I promise next. But everyone, make sure you subscribe, download the app. ProBox TV is your boxing channel. Chris, you had a point you wanted to make. Well, I just want to say I love when Paulie match makes. Paulie, the matchmaker. It's great. It's, it's, a, new, it's, a, it's a new cap for him. I, I, I like where he's at in his career at this point. It should he, be he a show. A great job. Holy matchmaking, I love it. I love it. I'd, I watch, I'd, I'd watch more boxing if he was the matchmaker. I would. See? I, yeah, I, I, I agree. And I'm not even being facetious here. If he was the matchmaker, you know, uh, I, I'd, I'd be more inclined to watch some of these fights that, quite frankly, I just skip right through when I see their one-sided fights. Well, the good thing is that so many people actually watch Pro Box TV and even more are going to watch it after the stuff like this, that maybe we can actually sway which fights are actually made, and then Paulie could actually be like a, a Nostradamus-type uh, type boxing matchmaker. But I wanted to touch on something that you said, Teddy. I spoke to Eric Nixick, who's the the trainer of Francis Agano, a guy I've known for 10 years. Did a great job. Did from a, him, fantastic. And, I, and I, you know, as you mentioned his name, I want to say it right now. I did my podcast yesterday. I gave all the credit to uh, Dewey, um, and I didn't realize that I didn't. Uh, it's my fault. I didn't have the name Eric there, so I mm -hmm. I just went out of my way to give them their kudos, to give them their props, to say, hey, uh, they had him prepared. Dewey did a great job. He should get credit. I should have threw Eric's name in there. I throw it in there now. Uh, Eric, you and Dewey did a just a tremendous job. I hope they gave you a bonus. So I, sp I spoke to him and, and exactly what you said, Teddy, about him having, you know, the, 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 the mindset of a fighter. I said, I was like the, the, the Francis, the poise he showed was something special. He stayed very, very patient and within himself throughout the fight. That was what impressed me the most about him. Obviously they, they, they drilled everything in camp. They had a strategy that, that check hook, like you said, champ, don't tell me they didn't work on that all camp. Cause he threw it the whole fight. 
There's no way they weren't prepared for, for Tyson's right hand to throw that shot. And for, for Ninganu to have that poise in his very first fight, fighting a, a level of guy like a Tyson Fury in an event at that level like he's never been, that shows incredible poise and the mindset of a champion. I'm just super impressed with, with the mentality. We keep talking about psychology. The psychology of Tyson Fury, his head wasn't in and he wasn't there. He didn't look sharp. Maybe he had a great training camp. Maybe he was in fantastic shape. But like you said, champ, if you're not willing psychologically to make those adjustments if things don't work out exactly the way you want, you get a, you get a piss poor performance. And that's what we saw from Tyson Fury. So maybe he was in great shape physically. Maybe he put in the time, but maybe he wasn't psychologically prepared especially, for some of those things. Especially if you're not prepared to have to make the adjustments. Because if you're, that's what if I mean. you're not thinking, didn't think it was going to have to be, you're not thinking you're going to need to, all of a sudden you find yourself in that situation. You're, you're screwed. Okay. But champ, how many times do we see guys who over-prepare for adjustments and they're so scattered and they can't do it. They can't pull the trigger and they're too nervous to make Fury wasn't, I'm not, Ngannou wasn't like that. He, like you said, to, be, to have the wherewithal, um, he throws that shot. It's a dangerous punch. He already hit me with it. I'm going to come right back with that. He had the mindset of a fighter throughout. He's very, very poised. I'm just tipping my hat once again to Francis. We talked, yeah. we talked about his coaching, but man, what a, what, what a warrior out there. I, I was super impressed with what this, I saw. I'm going to throw this in there. The thing, you touched on it. You, you more than touched on it. You covered it perfectly. The thing that gave Nganyu a chance to have the performance that he had was his patience, obviously his mental state, his being able to stay confident, calm, as Paulie said, in the eye of the storm, in the pocket, all of that. It's the same thing that kept him from winning. Yeah, I said it. It's the same thing because he didn't win on the scorecards. He didn't. I, I went and did the scorecards uh, afterwards and where away from the noise, you know, away from that atmosphere. I waited till I flew home 24 hours later from the hotel to home. And I said, okay, try to keep my eyes open. Let me watch this. Have a cup of coffee. Let me watch it cold now in a, in a vacuum, you know, in a sterile atmosphere. And I had it 97, 93 with one even round for fury. So great performance, but he didn't win. Although he did win. He won because his career is better than ever before. So in that way, his hair wasn't raised, but he didn't win. But what allowed him to have that performance is the same thing that kept him from winning on the scorecards because he was so patient, because he was so contained, so he was so controlled, so he was so, you know, in control of himself where he didn't take any risks. If he would have did just a little more, been a little more, to put it this way, to win, to win on this scorecard, and I'm sure on your scorecards, and I already know on Paul's scorecard from what he said, to win on our scorecard, on a real scorecard, he had to have done more. But if he did more, it might have actually hurt him from having the performance he had because more risk, more opportunities to get counted, he would have taken himself out of that space, you know, that that he was tight in, that he was buttoned up in, that it it might have actually betrayed his chances. And it actually made it worked against him. So again, the thing that allowed him to have that performance that we're talking about him now, talking about fighting other heavyweight champions, which is un incredible, is the same thing that conspired against him from actually doing just enough to actually win the fight on the scorecards. Yeah, so Paulie, we've, we've been we've been saying he we've been saying Ngannou lost the fight, but he won the night. 
And yes. I feel like that's uh, that's that's very apt. Also, Teddy, you remind me because again, I, I used to read your book so much for the quotes and just to keep, keep myself on point in camp. Uh, you remind this reminds me of what you said talking about Michael Moore in the book when Michael Moore was doing everything you finally wanted him to be on the 94 George Foreman, where he's taking control of the fight when he was doing that. And ultimately it also cost him the fight because he was taking yes. so much control. He was reckless and a little bit reckless and not seeing what was coming back. And he got knocked out. I, I see your point here with Nganu as well. I feel like he took his time a little bit too much because maybe he didn't trust himself with a 10 round distance and a stand up yeah. fight in a boxing match. And so he kind of had to pace himself. And so he erred on a little bit on the side of caution. 100%. But that's what allowed him to have that performance so tightened up that we're, yeah. you know, that we're bragging about, that we're giving him all this credit for, that his form was good, that he didn't reach, you know, he didn't get over anxious. You know, he didn't fall in uh, where he could have fell in and got counted, which you expect a novice to do more of that. His punches weren't wide. You know, he, he didn't get um, greedy. He didn't throw too many. All of that helped him have that performance, a buttoned up, you know, together performance. But if he did a little more, he would have had a chance to win. But again, that might have that, that might have actually worked against him in that he would have given something and made something available to Fury to, you know, to obviously dominate the way that everyone expects him to dominate. Well, Chris, let's let's talk. Let's talk Fury here a little bit because we've been talking about Engano a lot. But Chris, let's let's have some 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 real talk here. Um, you know, Tyson Fury he often looks sloppy when he gets in the ring, but he doesn't fight sloppy. On that night, he looked sloppy and he fought sloppy. Wasn't this an embarrassing performance by the heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury? Absolutely, absolutely. He he he, and you could see the embarrassment on his face. He he had to go home and eat humble pie all all the way home from that long flight. But um, yeah, I mean, he, he didn't look sharp. He didn't look like himself. But I, I'm, I don't feel bad for him. This is all on him, champ. We've been talking about not being prepared, not doing this. Come on, at this level, I don't care who you're fighting. You got, you got the eyes of the world on you. You better be prepared on fighting, and you be, you better be prepared for the worst, right? What's that saying? Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Tyson Fury, if he, if he did not do that, that's on him. That's on him. You're the, you say you're the best fighter in the world. You say you're the baddest man on the planet. All right, come correct, show up as the baddest man on the planet, and do your job. You know, I, I, now we're going to have excuses. Oh, I didn't do this. I come on, man. Up here, this is where it's all about. And at this level, especially if you're going to talk the amount of trash that Tyson Fury talks, you got to back that up. And the way to back that up is to be ultimately prepared. Show up, execute, get the job done, go home, take your victory lap. Then you can talk all the trash you want. Now, I mean, it's going to be hard to listen to him talk trash and 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 like you said, champ, beat around the bush with getting these fights. He's got to He has no choice now. He's got to go get that Usyk fight. He's got to get right back in there. Um, he's got to go out there. He's got to. He's got to back it up. He's got to come ultimately prepared. He's got to do his thing. He's got to do what he normally does. Um, he's he's got to put that this performance in in the rear view because right now, I mean, boxing is only as good as what you've done in your last fight. And what have you done for me lately? And right now, Tyson Fury has been running around with a belt for a year. He's been pissing off fans all over the world. And then he just had a he had a really tough fight, tougher than expected, against a novice, a boxing novice, against a guy who did not who was not supposed to be where he was. So Tyson Fury is gonna have to really right the ship and he needs to do it quick. Petty and then Paulie, same question to you to you. Was it an embarrassing performance by Fury? Wasn't his best. <laughs> wasn't his best performance uh obviously he had an off night i'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt he had an off night um 
yeah, maybe we overrated him. Uh, it's easy to jump on a guy that's down now and and fairly, fairly because he put himself in that position by having an off night. I mean, he, he turns southpaw, he's playing around. You know, uh, Nganyu incredibly turned southpaw, showing how confident he was. And then Fury says, okay, I'll play with you. It, it was like playtime. I, I believe that he did not go in. And no excuse. You you both said it. at this level, you're a pro. There's no, you're getting paid pretty damn good. There's no excuse for not being prepared physically. And mentally. I think he was ready physically and not mentally. I think that he bought into, and Paulie made a great, great um, comment where he said there was, I think it was Paulie, he, uh, there was no film available. Maybe it was Chris, but there was no film. He had no idea of what he was going to face. The only idea he had was he could what he could contrive in his head. The vision that he put in his head. And I know what that vision was. I guarantee you. That vision was a guy that was nothing like this. A guy that was probably sloppy. A guy that would reach in. A guy that would throw wide punches. A guy who would try to just use his power, his strength. A guy that would try to caveman him. We're talking about cavemen before. guy that would try to do that. Hit him with a club. Except you're not allowed to have a club in there. So, and that, when you have that vision, and if that was the optics he had, and I believe it was, then you fall into the trap of not mentally being ready. You, you think you're going to play with the guy. You think, And then once it becomes real, it's too late. And one of you has made the point. You, you can't recalibrate. You know, once the genie's out of the bottle, you can't put him back. Toothpaste's out of the Can't put it back. You can't suddenly say, okay, I'm going to mentally get ready now. No, 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 it's too late. You were supposed to go in there mentally on edge where the possibility of this kind of fight was going to be there. And... I, I have 100% I believe he wasn't. And again, it's no excuse. That's on him. But I believe that all of that conspired to make it an off night and Ganyu being the opposite. So prepared. Uh, so good in all those areas. I mean, all you need to know was, look, I know he's great at doing sound bites, but Fury, and he's a great promoter, but when he said it's a table tennis player versus Jovovich, I mean, he really believed that. And when you believe that, it's a problem. And I'll finish with this uh, analogy. You know, I obviously I have kids, I have grandkids. Sometimes you go, you go to the PlayStation, right? And and I thought he he really thought he was going to the PlayStation. He was going <laughs> to the jumper room. He really did. He, you know, the, you jump around. I take my grandkids there. They love it. You jump all over the place. But you put them. You say, okay, kids, go play. And they're playing for a little while. And then all of a sudden, you hear somebody. Oh, somebody got hurt. <laughs> that's kind of what this fight was. It was a PlayStation up until the third round, and then all of a sudden, someone yelled, oh, somebody got hurt. And the guy that got hurt <laughs> was the, the biggest kid in the crowd. It was Fury, and he was dropped on the floor, and all of a sudden, it became real. Paulie, before you answer, same question to you, but was it just an off night for Tyson Fury or is this the beginning of the slippage of, of the end? Is, is he going down as a fighter? Well, no, for sure. He's, he's in his mid thirties. So, you know, guys do start to slide. I mean, I, I think Ali started to slide around this age too. So, I mean, you, ju you just don't know nowadays, modern day heavyweights last a little longer. Listen, Vladimir Klitschko would remain dangerous uh, all the way till he was about 40. I mean, that, that terrific fight he had with Anthony Joshua I mean, Klitschko was about 40 years old, you know, so so heavyweights remain a little bit more dangerous uh, nowadays. So I don't know for sure. I will say this. Um, I got a friend of mine, Daryl, 
that I speak to uh, about boxing here and there. And you know what? He, he brought up this point. I brought it up yesterday, actually. Uh, Fury has a tendency to fight to the level of his opposition at times. You know, we saw it against Otto Wallen. We've seen it against even Steve Cunningham, where when he doesn't think, he thinks guys are maybe too small or, or, or not sophisticated enough for him to really have to take seriously. He mentally kind of sleeps on them. And then he sort of goes out there and lays an egg in this performance. That doesn't mean that he doesn't, he's not suddenly not able to get up for the big, big fights. You know, let's remember, he got dropped against Steve Cunningham. You make you think, like, this guy's really not going to go anywhere. But then he beats Vladimir Klitschko in Germany in dominant fashion. You know what I'm saying? Then, you know, he he does a, he, he doesn't look great against Otto Wallen, but but then he beats the Deontay Wilder, you know? And so, so, you know, this is also what makes him unpredictable. This could also be Paul for the course for Tyson Fury, you know? I, I think it's pretty safe to say he underestimated uh, Ngannou and his, his ability, underestimated him mentally, possibly underestimated him physically. I mean, I think just from the start, he just couldn't get a, a, a short punch in there. I mean, if you really look at the fight, Fury's missing a lot of punches because he's throwing too wide. It's not really Ngano making a miss. All Fury had to do was shorten up some shots, and he would have probably landed. Hundred percent thrown from too far away. You're yeah. right, Paulie. Yeah. And I think when he turned southpaw to play around back with Ngano, mm -hmm. who turned southpaw on him, which he didn't expect. I think that was a mistake because he wasn't comfortable. He was yeah. he was falling in with the straight left hand. Yeah, yeah, and 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 doing that. I mean, imagine you shorten up those shots and you land a few of those. You create doubt in your opponent's mind. You now create something that all of a sudden he can't build off of. But by missing and him continuing to land, he can build off of that. So you know, a fight it can work like building blocks on on top of one another. All he had to do was shorten his shots. The fact that he wasn't even able to do that tells me he wasn't sharp at all. And like I said, his feints were off. I mean, it's just you know, those are things that those aren't reactions. Those are actions. You know what I mean? So he would there was there's not even an adjustment needing to be made. You you faints can be sharp or your faints can be off and his veins were off you know his veins were not sharp like they usually are so i i don't know i just feel like you know he went into the fight and yes we, we agree he won by the point system but uh, and Ghana won the night deserved the credit but fury also has a tendency to come kind of come down with his level of opposition a little bit so the question the, the kind of the jury's still out is this fury slipping or is this Fury once again? You want to let me ask you. I'm going to play George's role. Do, do, do you want to see him fight Ngannou again? And uh, I mean, that could be interesting. But off of what you just said, and and what we all chimed in about, but off that was it an off night? He wasn't mentally ready. That see him in there was was this real? That's that see how real it was. Let him run it back now that he's ready. Now that he knows what he's playing. Do you want to see that, or do you just want to see Uzi? I want to see Usyk because he, he made us wait long enough for it. And now he's got to, he's unfortunately, he's put himself in a position where now he's going to have to win the harder fight. And you know what? He always rises to the level of the occasion when it's this kind of thing. So I want to see him in this kind of fight now. I think he would get up for Ngano big time now because of all the criticism he's getting. But I also think he's going to get up for Usyk, especially knowing Usyk is a dangerous fight. Because if Usyk beats him, now you two bad performances in a row, and now you're on your way out almost. You know that's how the, that's how boxing works. I still want to see Ngano with Joshua. That's my matchmaking. You know? And as much as much as I've been talking badly about Tyson in this episode. I still think he beats Usyk and Ngano in a rematch, and he does it. I think I, 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 I just. So you, so, you think, so you think it's it's him coming down to the level of opposition? You think he still got it? I do think he still got it. I think he had an off night. I think that he wasn't prepared psychologically. I don't think it's so much that he came down to the level of opposition. He didn't know the level of opposition. I just think that he just yeah. had a really off night with an awkward guy who's super right. strong, and so, I mean, it's, it, and he's just. He's but, just but I think it doesn't change. I got asked on my podcast. Do you think that? This changes your thoughts on what happens in Usyk and Fury. I said, no, it doesn't. It's a different guy. 
it's 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 an entirely different thing, different mindset. He's going to be prepared for it. It's a much more, uh, in his mind, would have been a much more difficult fight. And I think if he fights Ngano again, I think he makes it look easy because the the, the jab was the key to victory. And once he used that, there was no question about who the better well, fighter was. I'll tell you one thing. I think that this is the worst thing that happened to Usyk. I'll tell you for two reasons. Oh, one yeah. oh, one yeah. thing, the fight's been postponed. That's that's one thing. You never know what's going to happen now. You you don't. But you know boxing. You know you you don't know for sure. Uh, hopefully it will. But now he now he's going to be prepared for Usyk. Where before you don't know. He might have floated into this or for that. He might have floated in just thinking I'm going to just handle this smaller Usyk oh. who's not big enough for me. That's a and, great point. I'm gonna have no problem. If, if he walked so through Ngano and then just... so you guys are so you guys are both banking on Fury still has it then. You guys are both right. banking on so this is like this is like the movie The Hangover when when Mike Tyson knocks out Jack Galifianakis' <laughs> character Allen and Bradley Cooper goes Still got, got it. You still got it, Jim. Still got it, Jim. Still got it. On that movie reference, we're going to wrap this up. Look, we've got some excitement now in the heavyweight division. We did not think last week when we talked about this fight, we had no idea this scenario was going to unfold. So looks like we'll have some excitement in the heavyweight division. We're going to wrap this up. Make sure you subscribe to ProBox TV because, again, you get talks like this from boxing people every single day. ProBox TV is your boxing channel.